Everybody, how's everybody doing today? Y'all doing good? All right. Hey, do me a favor and give those that are watching us right now live a round of applause and welcome them into our worship experience. We love you guys and appreciate you being a part of what God is doing here at Rethink Life Church. And it's so great to see everybody. We've been in a journey over the last four weeks, which is hard to believe, and talking a lot about the workplace and how to turn our Mondays into a mission. And really before I unpack this final uh, message of this particular series, I just want to uh, pause here and reemphasize something that you just learned there in the Rethink Life News, and that is actually happening later today. And I'm just personally excited. One of the highlights for me during the course of our ministry calendar year is going to the beach to do what we call beach baptism. And if you've never been baptized, and specifically, you've never been baptized at the beach, it's just something that truly is a life-changing and memorable experience. Uh, you know, that's the first step that we take in our relationship with Christ after we become followers of His, is to demonstrate that publicly through water baptism. So when we go to the beach, it's just a unique and special place, and today is supposed to be an absolutely gorgeous day. And so even if you just want to come for the fellowship and celebrate and support those who are going to be, be uh, going to actually be baptized, um, we'd love to have you as well. But if you are interested in being baptized today, let me just encourage you, as soon as we're dismissed, go across the hallway into what we call our orange room. We're going to have a host there that's going to walk you through the details, a little brief orientation, so you know all that you need to know and you're fully prepared and uh, give you an opportunity to not just learn more about what you're supposed to bring and how it all is going to work, but it's a great opportunity for you to maybe uh, call a friend or maybe a family member to come and see you actually get baptized later today. So that's happening at uh, what we call Sherry Down Park there in the Cape Canaveral, Cocoa Beach area. And uh, we really do hope that you'll come and be a part of an experience that you'll never, ever forget. And then another thing too, next weekend I'm actually kicking off a brand new series called relationships made simple. That sounds a little bit of a contradiction because <laughs> sometimes relationships are very complicated and complex and uh, we're going to be talking about how to take what at times can be complicated and complex in our relationships and how to break it down. In other words, how can we make the most of the relationships that we have in our lives? And so it's going to be an encouraging opportunity. I really hope you'll invite a friend or two or maybe a coworker to be a part of that exciting series as we kick that off. Well, today is part four of this series called Made for Mondays. And I hope that maybe you've gotten a mug by now. Maybe you can walk in tomorrow with your made for Mondays mug and mug somebody, all right? Mug them for Jesus. But no, it's, uh, it's been an encouraging time because I think for a lot of people, um, it's, it's kind of put some things maybe in a fresh or maybe a, a different kind of perspective from, from maybe the way they have viewed work in the past. You know, unfortunately, when we think about Monday from the world's perspective, our culture it views it more as a moan day. It's kind of like, oh, I've got to go to work again tomorrow. You know, already I can't, I can't, even, I can't even, you know, can't even deal with all the stuff that I got going on in my world. And so whether you're going into the workplace tomorrow, maybe you're a student, you're kind of dreading going to class tomorrow. Maybe you got a test or paper that's due or, you know, whatever the situation might be. Sometimes it's kind of, it's really kind of hard to jump into the work week knowing everything that's waiting for us. So I think God really wants to see things from a different perspective. Rather than looking at our work or our workplace or the people we work with or maybe the kind of work that we do to be something really associated with more as drudgery, I think there is a way to find joy in our job. I think we can actually find purpose that goes way beyond just a paycheck. 
And I think the key to that is to understand really what we learned the first couple of weeks, and that is to understand the why we work, because when we understand the why we work, it affects the way we work. And when we work in a way, the way God intended, it really does turn our work into worship, which ultimately can be a very powerful witness. And that's what God's desire is for you and for me, that we can turn our Mondays in, into a mission so that we can make a greater impact for him. And this is what Paul the Apostle said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. This has really been our, our theme verse for this series. Paul said it this way. He said, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. We all have an everyday, ordinary kind of life, such as you're sleeping, you're eating, and you're what? Say it out loud. Going to work and walking around life and place it before God as a what? Say it out loud. Offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So today, what I want to do for a few moments is I want to talk to you what do you do when the workplace and the workload really becomes too heavy to bear? And to take it a step further, what happens when work bleeds into the home? In other words, what happens when the weight of your work suddenly begins to take a, a tremendous toll on you? Not just physically, but mentally emotionally, relationally, financially, where you just feel as though the weight of it all, the expectations of it all, the demands of it all, the challenges that, that really that, that both of those worlds entail, what do you do when it's too heavy to bear? We learned in week one, which is interesting, that when, it, when you look at the American workforce, uh, it's been said that uh, 20% of heart attacks actually uh, take, actually the, the risk of heart attack actually goes up 20% on Mondays. Um, the suicide rate is at its highest on Mondays. Out of 100 million people working in America today that have full-time jobs, most of those people feel somewhat disconnected. Most feel overworked, underpaid, underappreciated. And therefore, the expectations and the demands that are placed upon them that carries over into the relationships at home, you know, it just becomes a tremendous weight that many have a difficult time of carrying. As a matter of fact, the way I look at it is this. When you think about the weight that we carry and you think about the people in our lives, whether it be our children, whether it be our spouse, whether it be, you know, the people at work, whether it be... You know, just the situations and circumstances that we all deal with. What happens over time, for example, you come to church on Sunday, so here you are on Sunday, and uh, what are you coming to do? You're coming to get your cup filled, aren't you? So you're coming to get your spiritual tank refueled, filled up. Why? Because tomorrow's Monday. And what are you going to do about tomorrow? You're going to turn your moan day into a mission. Okay? No more moaning and groaning. We're going to look at our work differently. And so what happens? We go to work. So we're trying to find joy in our job. And the first thing that happens tomorrow morning, somebody throws us a curveball that was unexpected. And all of a sudden, our cup begins to leak. 
Now all of a sudden somebody places an unrealistic expectation on our lives and all of a sudden we're leaking more. And then we get home, kids are pulling at us and now all of a sudden the, the, the little league coach is asking something from us. Now the boss is calling me at night wanting something else and now all of a sudden my, my tire got flat going, going to work on Tuesday morning and all of a sudden it's Friday and we're thinking, oh great, it's Friday. But all of a sudden by the end of the week, I don't have much left. And then we come back on Sunday and say, Pastor, fill me up again. Can anybody relate to any of this? Well, if you can't, well, we all need to come learn from you. Because the truth of the matter is, that's our reality. I mean, unfortunately, it's just the way life works. And so Monday through Friday and Saturday, and you know, what happens is that Throughout the rest of the week, we have people and problems and situations and circumstances and expectations and all these things that are poking holes in our cup. And really the bigger question is, is, is where do you turn? What do you do when you feel as though you have nothing else to give? The load at home and the load at work, the weight of it all is just too heavy to bear. Well, there's only one place you can turn, and more importantly, there's only one person that you can seek, and his name is Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said these words, and it's in the form of an invitation. So here's the thing. It's an invitation. It's an invite. He's making personally to you and to me. And here's what he says in verses 28 through 30. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the question is, is how do we lighten the load that many of us or most of us all carry when it comes to work and home? Well, there are three things that Jesus says in this invitation that he is extending to you and to me. And the first, if you're taking notes, is this. we got to turn to Jesus. we got to turn to Jesus. Now, some of you are saying, well, that's kind of stating the obvious. I mean, yeah, duh. I mean, you're the pastor. We're in church. Yeah, we're supposed to turn to Jesus. And a lot of us, we think, but it ain't working. It's interesting when you look in the, in the Bible, specifically when you look at the life of Jesus, people turn to Jesus for a lot of different things. People went to Jesus for forgiveness. People went to Jesus for salvation. People went to Jesus for healing. People went to Jesus for eternal life. People went to Jesus to find answers to the complex and complicated and confusing questions that they had just like you and I would. And what Jesus was doing is he's simply saying, hey, come to me. Hey, if you're carrying a heavy burden in your workplace, if you're carrying a heavy burden at your home that's too heavy for you to carry, well, guess what? Come to me. Turn to me. Look to me. Because I will give you rest for your souls. Now, the thing that's interesting here is that Jesus is saying this is something far beyond physical rest. Now, I do think there is a place for physical rest. That's the reason why we have a Sabbath. We're supposed to have a day during the week where we just kind of check out. We unplug. We, we refuel. We just really uh, replenish ourselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. And I'll be honest. I think this is, uh, I mean, there's, I can build a case biblically for this. 
I think one of the most spiritual things that we can do in our lives sometimes is just to sleep. It's to, it's, it's to get rest. It's to, you know, it's to take a cat nap. You know? It's just to allow yourself physically to regroup. But Jesus is taking it a step further. Because the key is even beyond physical rest. It is the emotional rest. It's the mental rest. That's really where the weight of it all is often carried. It's the emotional and mental toll that it takes. That's why, that's why when he said, I'll give you rest for your soul, what he's referring to, the soul is what? It's our mind. It's our will. It's our emotions. And so Jesus is saying, come to me. And if you'll come to me, if you're carrying a, a heavy load, if the stress of it all is getting to you, it's weighing you down mentally and emotionally, then here's what you need to do. You need to turn to me. Come to me. Why? Because I'll give you rest for your soul. The problem is, is that many people, unfortunately, rather than turning to Jesus, and even Christians, followers of Jesus, are even guilty of this. Rather than people truly turning to Jesus to help lighten their load, to find rest mentally and physically and emotionally and relationally in all the other areas, you know what we often do? A lot of people, they turn to a pill. They'll turn to a bottle. They'll turn to a glass of wine. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll turn to you know, maybe a hobby, maybe some kind of form of pleasure in their life. They'll, they'll turn to, to food. They'll turn to Netflix. They'll, they'll turn to anything but Jesus. And Jesus is saying, hey, those things, anything and everything the world is tempting you with, anything and everything, hey, popular culture is selling you on. Because listen, every time you watch a TV commercial, what are they trying to do? They're trying to tell you and expose to you and remind you of all the things that you don't have and all the things that you do need to make you happy. But the problem is, is that when we buy into that lie, the myth, what does it do? It only brings more stress into our lives because now we're having to pay for those things we can't afford. Now we're having to upkeep those things that, that we were tired of having to take care of. Now we're managing even more things that are beyond our control. And so Jesus is saying, hey, the answer, the solution is not in anything the world has to offer. If you want to find rest for your soul, hey, if you want to lighten the load in your life, in your workplace, in your relationships at home, turn to me and I'll give you rest for your soul in Isaiah 40 verses 29 to 31 it says it this way he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless and even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion but those whose trust is in the Lord will find what said out loud new strength new strength in other words there is a new kind of strength that only christ can give us there's nothing you can do to work hard enough to do more to to to, to try harder to find rest for your soul i mean think about that for a moment the only thing we can do is to turn to jesus and find new strength in him to find power in our weakness, to be able to do what we cannot do on our own. And so the answer to an overloaded and overworked schedule in our lives, the only way that we can reduce the level of stress and the anxiety and the frustration that so often we carry 
because of the demands at work, because of the expectations at home, it just becomes too great of a weight for us to bear. And I think one of the greatest tragedies is sometimes we, we think, well, you know, if I could just work harder, you know, if I could just manage my time better, well, there's a place for that. And yes, those things can assist us. But they, in and of themselves, are not the solution and the answer. You can go out today and you can download the greatest app that's going to help you with time management. You can go, go, you go old school, get a paper you know, calendar. You, know, you, can, you, know, you, can, you can sit down with somebody and they can walk you through a list of priorities. But at the end of the day, those things in and of themselves cannot remove the weight that some of us are carrying mentally and emotionally and physically and spiritually and relationally in our lives because only Jesus can fill our cup. Only Jesus can fill the tank that's running on empty. So Jesus is saying, turn to me. You say, how do I do that? In Matthew 6, verse 6, it says it this way. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. In other words, don't try to impress God. Don't try to come to God and try to impress him with how spiritual you are. <laughs> don't, don't, try to, don't try to be something you're not. No, he said, just, just find a quiet place so you won't be tempted to role play. And just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And then notice what happens. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense His grace. What I've learned in my own personal life, and I'm no different from any of you in this room, I carry weight just like you carry. Stuff going on in my world, in my home, my family, my three kids, Michelle, all of her demands and expectations. <laughs> you know, when you think about you know, everything that is expected of you and of me. There is not a place that you can go. Listen, there is not a pill that you can take. There's not a person that you can go to that can remove the cares and the burdens and the anxiety and the weight that you and I are carrying other than Jesus. And Jesus is saying, through an invitation, come to me, turn to me, turn to me, look to me, sit there, don't say anything, don't do anything, don't try to be more, don't try to do more, just sit there and listen and know that I am there. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just got to stop in the middle of it all and just acknowledge the very presence of God. So whatever we gotta do, we gotta, first of all, we gotta turn to Jesus. Number two, Jesus said, not only do we need to turn to him, but we gotta give up control. What did he say? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then notice, he said, take my yoke upon you. It's interesting, when you think about a yoke, some of you are thinking, take his yoke and put it upon me, it sounds like that's a contradiction. That's like adding more weight to my shoulders. I mean, that's adding another thing to the stack of plates that I'm already carrying. I mean, why in the world would I want to take the yoke of Jesus and place it upon me? 
Well, I think we have to understand, first of all, what a yoke is and what a yoke is not. Because when you think about a yoke, when, um, when, when Jesus was talking to the audience that he was speaking to that day, he understood the context of who it was he was talking to. And more importantly, he knew how to say what he wanted to say in a way that they could relate. So what did he do? He used a metaphor. It was a metaphor that they, they all could relate to because he was talking to a, a group of people, an audience whose main livelihood was, 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 was farming animals. It was, it was farming. It was raising crops and cattle. And that's what they did. That was their world. And so most of us in this room, I would be safe to say, your main source of revenue and occupation probably is not 100% dependent upon raising livestock or, 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 or farming. Now, if, you, if, if, if that's what you do, then you'll really understand and appreciate what I'm about to say. But most of us in this room, we don't think, oh, I just need to take, I just need to take Jesus' yoke and put it upon me. Well, here's what you need to understand. A yoke is different than a harness. You see, when a, when a farmer would plow a crop, what he would do is he would take a large animal like an oxen, and he would place a harness over it. And that harness basically was designed for a single animal to pull the weight of the, of, of the, of the plow so that the farmer could, could ultimately accomplish what needed to be accomplished. But the problem was is that one farm animal over time would get tired. They would become weary. They would become burdened down by the weight of the harness that was strapped to them. But a yoke is different. You see, a yoke is not a harness. A yoke is a beam. And it was designed for two animals. Why? Because when they placed a yoke on two farm animals, here's what it did. It lightened the load. There was a shared responsibility. There was a shared weight that was carried. And the reason why Jesus used this metaphor to the audience that he was talking about is because too many of us are trying to carry the weight and trying to carry the load of all the burdens and all the responsibilities and all the expectations of life single-handedly. And he's saying, take my yoke upon you. In other words, hey, Partner up with me. Why? Because two are better than one. Two can work together better because the load is lightened. The load is shared. But the good news is, is that Jesus doesn't have a load. Why? Because he's God. God doesn't carry burdens. He doesn't carry weight. God is not stressed out and worried and preoccupied about how he's going to make it through the week. No, he's God. He's in control. And another thing that's interesting about a yoke is that when you think about the yoke that, that Jesus is offering to us, it allows us to take all of our cares, anxiety, listen, our fear, listen, all of the, the struggles and the troubles of life. And here's what Psalm 55 verse 22 says. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and he'll help you out. Isn't that awesome? So here's what I've learned. I've learned in, in my own personal life that anytime I'm trying to to take on the load of responsibilities of everything that I'm carrying, whether it's stuff going on in my personal life with my, my spouse, my children, uh, whether it's stuff in my world, maybe here at the church, 
maybe the different kinds of responsibilities and, and obligations and commitments and expectations and everything that goes with Anytime I have tried to carry those things single-handedly on my own, here's what I've learned. I find myself becoming detached from Christ. Because in my mind, I think to myself, I can do this. And here's another thought. I know none of you are guilty of this, but I can honestly say that from my perspective and the world's perspective, usually what happens, we embrace the mindset and the attitude of, hey, if it's going to be, it is up to me. Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever thought that? Hey, if it's gonna, I got to make it happen. I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to be up to me. And so what happens is, is we're taking on more responsibility. We're taking on more commitments. We're, we're allowing ourselves to be weighed down even more. And Jesus was trying to help his audience to understand, hey, if you'll just yoke up with me, if you will just be in partnership with me, if you allow me to help lighten your load, and you allow me to come alongside and help carry the load, not only is it going to be healthier and more sustainable, but here's another thing. He says, that means I will also be in control of your life. I'll be in control of your destiny. Because a farmer who was plowing a crop, now he had two animals that were yoked together. And here's the cool thing. Not only are they sharing the load, but because the farmer is now in control, he has two animals pulling. Not only are they moving in the same direction, symbolizing partnership, but they're also being controlled and they're at the same pace. And I think the biggest challenge a lot of times is we're trying to get out in front of God. Why? Because, again, if it's, up, if, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And so we're trying to take control of situations and circumstances and even people because once again, we're convinced that I have to make it happen. And Jesus is saying, that's impossible. And I'm here to tell you, there's not a pill. There's not a drink. Let me tell you something. There, there, listen, there, 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 is not a, there is not a hobby. There is not a toy that you can buy. There's not a place that you can go to. And you say, oh, no, 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 no. Did you see that commercial the other day? I mean, they're offering this amazing special three-day cru three cruise. I mean, all exclusive. I mean, I mean man, if I could just get on that boat and I could just check out. It's easy to buy into the slick advertisement of the cruise commercial. But you know and I know, when you got stress going on, and the weight of everything going on in your world and in your job and in your marriage and with your kids and you're carrying all of the responsibilities and you have all of those things that are bogging you down and weighing you down and weighing heavy on your mind that's affecting your emotions, that's impacting your life. I'm telling you, you can sail around the world and you're taking your problems, you're taking your burdens, you're taking your fears, you're taking your anxiety, you're taking all of that to every stop along the way because Jesus is the only one who can give you rest for your soul and Jesus is saying if you will just attach to me if you'll just allow me to put my yoke upon you, if you'll just partner with me, if you allow me to be in control, if you allow me to give guidance and direction and you allow me to set the pace I'll make your life sustainable. I'll lighten your load. And I will give you rest and peace. I will give you a sense of destiny that only I can give you. 
And that's what God desires. I love what the scripture says in Galatians 5.25. What did he say? He said, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Have you ever noticed in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, when you look at Jesus' life, Jesus was never in a hurry. It does not say Jesus ran from Galilee and then he ran over to the Nazareth. No. He walked from here. He walked from there. And you say, well, duh. He didn't have a Tesla to take him from point A to point B. No, he walked methodically. He walked with destiny. He walked at his pace. Do you know there was a, a man in the Bible by the name of Lazarus who happened to be a very close friend of Jesus. Jesus caught wind that he died. Lazarus died. And you know how far it was from where Jesus was and where Lazarus was when Jesus got the news that his friend Lazarus has died? It was only three miles. You know how long it took Jesus to get from where he was to where Lazarus was, where he died? Three days. That's pretty slow walking. You say, well, why did it take him so long? Because he didn't just want to heal a friend. He wanted to resurrect a dead man and bring him back to life. And that's where some of us are right now. We are spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, relationally dead in many ways of our lives. And Jesus is wanting to give us new life. He's wanting to give us new strength. He's wanting us to give, to give us new hope that we can live our lives for. And we've got to turn to Jesus. And we've got to first and, listen, first and foremost, we've got to be willing to take his yoke and place it upon us. So when we give up control, his burden becomes lighter for us to bear. Why? Because his burden is light. His yoke is easy and it's perfectly fitted for your situation and your circumstances. Is this helping anybody this morning? Amen. So what do we do? Three things. We turn to Jesus. We give up control. Number three, we learn to trust. We learn to trust. Jesus said, verse 29, he said, learn from me. Why? For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, a lot of us, we have a hard time maybe wrapping our mind around that because we're thinking to ourselves, well, that's really the last thing I need in light of my situation in light of the people that I'm dealing with, in light of the circumstances that are carrying all this stress and anxiety in my life, the last thing I need is to be gentle and humble. What I need is some power. What I need is, I, I, you know, I need to walk in tomorrow morning at work and I need to say, hey, this is, this is the way it's going to happen. Why? Because we want to take control. We want to be large and in charge. I'll show them. I'll be the last man. I'll be the last woman standing in this place. Really? Jesus is saying, no, what you need is you need some gentleness and you need some humility in your life. I know it doesn't make sense. 
But the reason why we need those two things, gentleness and humility, is because Jesus is saying, if you want to learn how to live your life in a healthy, sustainable way, hey, if you want to lighten the load that you're carrying, here's what you got to do. You got to be willing to let go and let me take control of your life. You got to learn to stop trying harder and to start trusting more. So here's the key. The key is we got to learn from Jesus. And the reason why we got to learn from Jesus is because he is the example. He is the one that we should be looking to and turning to to find rest for our souls. And the reason why we got to learn is because there's a lot of things that we have learned from other people who are unhealthy. There are a lot of things that we have learned from what the world tries to say. And what happens, all the things that we've tried to learn and implement into our lives doesn't work. So therefore, we got to unlearn some things that have messed us up. And the thing that we don't need, we don't need arrogance, nor do we need maybe this, this feeling of entitlement that comes from, from what? It comes from a sense of arrogance. You know what arrogance is? Arrogance is, is I can make this happen. But you know where arrogance comes from? Arrogance comes from pride. You know what the root to pride is? It's the ego. You know what ego means? It's been defined as edging God out. So when we find ourselves edging God out of our life, edging God out of our marriage, edging God out of the situation, the circumstances of our life, work, all the things that go on. That's pride that's basically saying, I can make this happen on my own. And we can't. And Jesus is saying, you gotta turn to me. You gotta look to me. Let me partner with you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Stop trying and start trusting because aggression and arrogance are two things that are opposite of gentleness and humility and Jesus is saying learn from me because I am gentle and I am humble in heart and I will give you rest for your souls imagine if everybody in this room would just take some time to be still and know that he is God. Just imagine if everybody in this room would stop trying harder and would just start trusting more for the things that we cannot control. Trusting God to be God in those situations. Imagine what would happen if we learned to truly rely and depend upon Jesus to help us do the things that we cannot do on our own. I promise you, our stress level would go down. Listen, we would be healthier. I believe we would be happier because we would realize that, hey, our happiness is not based on circumstances. No, our joy that Jesus produces comes from within. And it's that joy that he wants to produce in us and through us that will help us overcome the challenges and the weight of everything that we're trying to carry on our own. This is God's will. This is his plan. This is a part of the purpose that he has for your life and for mine. Turn to Jesus. 
let go, stop taking control, and learn to trust. Amen? Let's bow our heads together.